Hi, this is Matt. And Abby. And you're listening to a podcast from The Scientist. Microbes. The little guys. Welcome to our first podcast on a featured microbe. E. coli is sick this week, so we had to find a stand-in. And we haven't got any ragtag microbe in. We have SAR-11. SAR-11? Sounds like SARS and that's not cool. Don't worry, Abby. SAR-11 isn't pathogenic. In fact, it's not much of anything, really. What do you mean by that? Well, SAR-11 is a tiny microbe, only 0.25 to 0.7 micrometers in diameter. And its genome is tiny too, only 1.3 megabases, and only 1,354 open reading frames, which is the smallest of any free-living microbe. As you know, I love finding out the origins of words and names, so can you tell us how SAR-11 got its name? Sure can. SAR-11 was discovered in the first investigation into the diversity of the prokaryotic domain in seawater samples taken from the Sargasso Sea. The Sargasso Sea is off the coast of Bermuda. This investigation was carried out by Stephen Giovannoni and others in 1990. This team analysed the 16S ribosomal RNA gene sequences of the microbes in the sample to find what microbes were present. As you might remember, our podcast last week was on the three-domain taxonomic system proposed by Wose and Fox. They propose that the 16S ribosomal RNA gene sequence be the taxonomical marker of choice to identify microbes and also to infer evolutionary relationships. That's right. So Giovannoni's team sequenced the 16S ribosomal RNA sequence and found that one particular sequence comprised a large fraction of 12.5 of the total RNA sequences. The name SAR-11 comes from the fact that it is the 11th clone from the Sargasso Sea, and hence the SAR comes from the word Sargasso, and 11 was the clone number. It's that simple? Yep. And one thing that I found interesting about SAR-11 was that until recently it was unculturable. The microbe is an obligate oligotroph, which means that it can only survive and proliferate in nutrient-poor water. This means that it is difficult to culture because unlike traditional microbes, it does not form colonies. In fact, the special media developed to culture SAR-11 is extremely low in nutrients. SAR-11 was first cultured in 2002, and the name given to the first cultured member of this clade was Pelagibacter ubique. This name comes from the fact that it's ubiquitously distributed in the world's oceans. So we have talked about the origins of SAR-11 and where it's got its name. Do we know much about its biochemistry? Surprisingly, we do know a fair bit about the biochemistry of this new addition to our world of microbes. This is due to both next-gen sequencing and comparative genomics. Comparative genomics is when the unknown genes of an organism are compared to known genes from many organisms in order to infer and assign a particular function to that gene. With SAR-11, it is quite interesting in the fact that although it has a complete biosynthetic pathway for all of the 20 amino acids, it is deficient in the assimilatory genes for sulfate reduction. 
This is interesting because two of the 20 amino acids synthesized by SAR11, cysteine and methionine, require a source of sulfur atoms. This means that SAR11 must attain its reduced sulfur atoms through the use of DMSP, which is dimethyl sulfonopropanoate. SAR11 therefore plays an important role in the global and oceanic sulfur cycle. So, Abby, do you know why this microbe is so important? Actually, I do. SAR11 is... The most abundant microbe, and even more, life form on the planet. They account for more for about 25% of all microbial cells in the ocean, and about 0.5% of all prokaryotes on the planet. So next time you're in the open ocean and you take a big gulp of seawater by accident, just remember that approximately 25% of the microbes you're sending down into your stomach is the tiny yet marvellous SAR-11. As Stephen Giovannoni said in his 2005 paper entitled Genome Streamlining in a Cosmopolitan Oceanic Bacterium. Pelagibacter ubique has taken a different tack in evolution that is distinctly different from that of all other heterotrophic marine bacteria for which genome sequences are available. Evolution has divested of it all but the most fundamental cellular systems, such that it replicates under limiting nutrient resources as efficiently as possible, with the outcome that it has become the most dominant clade in the ocean. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, SAR-11. Nature hedged its bets on an outsider and won. The ubiquitous garbage cleaner of the oceans is even abundant enough to influence the carbon cycle and therefore play a role in global climate budgets. The references for today's podcast is a variety of articles which can be found on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash microbes, the little guys. So remember, whether you're on a train, plane or automobile, at a cafe, bar or at the office, or boat in Sarah Levin's case, that microbes are closer than you think.